0: Else. We welcome you to The Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you
1: to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message
0: I need to take a few minutes and wrap up something. And I'm hoping that we can have maybe five, ten minutes before we close to, to ask a few questions. But we started a few weeks ago now. A few weeks ago now. Quite a few weeks ago now. Um, talking about help. Look at them, look at them. They're laughing, they're like, oh, finally. We get there. <laughs> How many of you were here when we, when we had that talk? How many of you found it helpful? How many of you weren't here but listened to it on SoundCloud? How many of you were here but listened to it on SoundCloud afterwards? There's a lot in that. There's a lot in that thing. But there's certain things that God brings our way that if we paid attention to. And one of them was this thing about the mind. Because like guys, like it or not, there is no battle in life More important than the battle for and in your mind. None. None. Once once you have been saved as a believer. There is no battle more crucial than the battle for your mind. The battle in your mind. And so once we get saved God expects us to transform by how the renewing of our minds romans 12 2 and i shared when we started talking about this that the reason why we do that is so that we might prove that which is the good acceptable and perfect will of god i don't have time to go into that but those are not three wheels of god you know how we preach that a lot Well, i mean, I mean, God's good will. I'm not in his acceptable will. How many of you have heard that before? Come on, big Christians. How many of you have preached that before, said that before? Well, I'm, I'm in the acceptable will, but I'm not in the perfect. But it is the will of God that is good. The will of God that is acceptable. And the will of God that is perfect. Just like you have God the Father, not the Son. God the Holy Spirit and they are one God, right? Not three gods. There's no three different dimensions. I mean, His good will. So if you're in His good will and you're not in the acceptable will, you're telling me that you can be in one aspect of God's will and not be in another. But sorry, you are either in His will. His will is either being done or it's not being done. There's no segments to it. But the point I want to bring out in that scripture as we spoke about a few weeks ago is that in order to prove God's will, can we find another translation um, for for the word prove? Just, Just to humor us. NLT, the voice, the message. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know. Find another translation for the word prove. Any other random translation. I just want to see what they, what they substitute the word prove for. Oh, that's long. Oh, message, right? No message has its own mind. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the message needs to renew its own mind. <laughs> oh, thank you. You build me out of it, right? <laughs> then you'll be able to test and approve. I like this what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in order to, to test and approve or to grasp God's will, your mind must be renewed. Therefore, an unrenewed mind cannot process God's will. Talk to me, somebody. Is that a, is that a good conclusion to arrive at? Are you falling asleep? Am I in the more sessions? An unrenewed Renewed mind cannot process the will of God. The enemy knowing this does everything to ensure that since he cannot stop you from being saved, you got saved, God redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes, having been made a curse for us as is written, cursed is he that hangs on a tree. Yeah, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. devil couldn't stop that. But here's what he can do to you. He can mess with your mind. Because if he messes with your mind, he can truncate your ability to walk in the will of God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying tonight? The only way he can stop you proving God's will is to mess up your mind. And we we learned a few weeks ago, he does that by information. That he allows you to... Uh, feed on, implants on the imprint of your mind based on things that happen to you. And I went on to say that it's not what happens to you that is the issue. It's what you think about what happens to you. It's what you think. A lot of times you wake up in the morning and you don't bother about breakfast. Before you know what's happening is lunch and then it's dinner and then you're in church and you realize I haven't eaten until you get home. But well, the day you wake up to fast, by 9 a.m., you feel like you're dying. And sometimes you are annoyed. Is there any witnesses in the house? And by, by 12, you feel like. If the devil came to tempt you at that point, turn stones to bread, you'd be like, how many bread are you giving me? How many? Give me the bakery for God's sake. <laughs> it's like Esau selling his birthright for porridge of all foods. Of all. Not chicken, not turkey, not lasagna, you know, por, 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 porridge. Sold your, and we're still paying the price say, today. Just Hunger. So hunger <laughs> is a feeling that thrives upon the information that your mind feeds itself. That's what I'm trying to say. When you're not thinking about the food, you go all day without it. But the day you wake up to think today, I am not going to have food, then you feel like you're going to die without it. It's your emotion responding to an information that your mind has been fed. Does that make sense? Everything starts and ends the mind. So it's not what happens to you that's the issue. It's what you think about what happens to you. A lot of people, man of God, I realized this a long time ago, a lot of people, especially women, have built ministries based on their hurt from their past experiences. They haven't healed. They have built ministries as an outlet for their frustration. So when you hear them speak, you can hear the anger and the pain of their hurt. Am I? Do you have any witnesses? You hear people speak and you can tell the venom that is pouring forth from them. You can tell this is not a vessel that has healed from their ordeal. On the, on the contrary, it's a vessel that has built an altar around their misery and wants people to sympathize with it by how much you say amen to what they're saying. Okay, some people didn't hear what I just said. Do you know there's people that cannot survive if you're not sending them? Preach! Yes, ma! Yes! Do you know that? When I grow, I want to preach like Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark can preach for two hours and not care what you think. We'll not ask you, amen, are you with me? Hello? You know, you know how powerful we say, are we together? am I more sessions. Oh, Pastor Mark will preach you, to you, in you, from you, through you, inside you. And you know, if you are new in town and you don't have a church to, to to worship, I didn't they didn't pay me for this, amen. But this this is one church that I can confidently recommend: Kings and Priest ministries. You get the word for what the word is. If you want to clap, clap, it's free, it's okay. It's fine. Even if you're in your own church, clap, it's not it's okay, it's the kingdom of God, it's all right. It's all right, it's okay. Well Pastor Mark will preach to you two hours. Are you with me? Are you not with me? You know how Paul was preaching and somebody slept and fell down from doing and died? <laughs> that story always makes me laugh. So that's why I come to church. I never pretend. I never deceive myself that everybody is following me. If Paul, by whose gospel we are saved, was preaching and a man slept to the point where he fell and died, who are you, Opav? Sleep. Just know that if you fall and die, you might be on your own. Because <laughs> so far in my ministry, I've not raised any dead yet. <laughs> Believe me, when it happens, you will be the first to know. You want to stand out there, sleep, walk, you die. We'll come and sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> we'll put on your epitaph. Here lies a man who slept and died while listening to the word. <laughs> Your hand and trust I shall not die, but I shall leave to declare the works of the Lord. <laughs> but since I'm powerful and I'm growing to be like Pastor Mark, since I'm growing to be like Pastor Mark, I will say, Am I in the more sessions? Yes. Praise God. Are you with me? You get, but there's people, I think I forgot what I was saying, I didn't forget, who build ministries based on misery. They've stored resentment in their heart. You can tell a person who is preaching from a testimony and someone who is preaching from a hurt. There's a difference. You can can taste the spirit. And that's someone who doesn't have a renewed mind. We're not blaming you for what happened to you, but we're saying that you have control over it. Say you have control over it. Say like you believe. Say, I have control over it. You do have control over it. What happens to you is not what defines you. It's what you think about what happens to you that defines you. And what you think about what happens to you should be predicated upon what he thinks of you. And I've said this a thousand times. How God sees you never changes on account of whatever you go through. Uh, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. God said, He says, "I'm blessed." He said, you know that song. God says it. I believe it, and that settles it. That's the end. I tell people all the time. According to Psalm 139, one of my favorite scriptures, that says, "I'm fearfully, I will praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." My name is Alexander Victor. If you're fatter than me, you're too fat. If you're taller than me, you're too tall. If you're fairer than me, you're too fair. If you're darker than me, you're too dark. If you're shorter than me, you are, are too short. If you're thinner than me, you are too thin. If you speak faster than me you speak too fast if you speak slower than me you speak too slow if you have more hair than me your hair' is too much if you don't have enough what is wrong with you? because I am me and when he created me he broke the mold yes. I'm to be like you. I don't make it or measuring myself by what you think of me who are you? Who who you is who is you? even if I added five pounds or five kilos tomorrow, you are still too fat. Or you are still too thin. I am the size I am meant to be. At the point I am meant to be it. Leave my one pack alone. they are more like like three, you know. (laughs) The other three. You know. Every pack the cankerworm, caterpillar the locust Palma Woman has stolen. All you stealers of my packs. What are you in? I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Come on, put me in trouble. But all I'm trying to say here is the only measure by which you measure who you are is the measure of whose you are. Do you understand what I mean? The measure of whose you are. Because as he sees me, so I am. As he thinks of me, so I am. Imagine that the prodigal son did what he did. And the father just... How could the father see him coming from afar off? Do you read the Bible at all? At no point did the prodigal son leave the heart of his father. You and I call him prodigal son. But that dude, he ain't prodigal, nothing. He ain't prodigal. He was a correct son. He knew who he was. He knew whose he was. His elder brother who was at home didn't know whose he was. I've been here all my life. You couldn't give me one baby goat to go and have a party with my children. That's what he said. He said, you didn't give me a kid. And the father looked at him and said, all I have is yours. You have been here. A boy knew who he was, whose he was, collected what he had, squandered it and knew that even though he had nothing, he still had something. (laughs) Even when he finished what he had, he knew he still had something. I'm that kind of son, you know, call me prodigal all you want. That's your problem. His eyes are on the road. He's watching for me to come home. That's the grace of God. He never shifts his perception of you on account of what happens to you. So you shouldn't predicate your perception of yourself based on what happens to you. You cannot delete the information, but you can change the result. You can change the emotion because every emotion is predicated upon information. You might not forget that you were raped or that you were robbed or that you were. You know how sometimes misfortune befalls us and you go, Am I the only one? Why me? It happened to my father. It happened to my father's father. It happened to our neighbors. And then our uh, former neighbors that lived in that house, it happened to them. So when I asked the people that lived there before them too, it happened to them. And then now me too. It has happened to me. Oh, patterns, patterns. And then you now build strongholds for yourself that didn't, even the devil didn't put you in. Because you know, the enemy is attracted to whatever fragrance you release from your mind. A spirit of lust doesn't occupy you until you think about it. The enemy doesn't get anything to happen to you that he cannot first get you to think about. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He can't. You must first have thought about it. It is a thought that gives birth to life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the the place of your mind is crucial. And God says, that's where I want to unpack my will in your renewed mind that you can prove my will. So the will of God in the life, I I, I don't know about you, but nothing is more important teach us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When Jesus was going to give up, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine, be done. Uh, Nothing is more important in life after being saved than knowing what God's will concerning you is. I mean, what are you living for if you don't know what his will is? If you're not in the center of his will. What else? What else? And to prove his will, you must have a renewed mind. A renewed mind. So it's crucial that you take charge of your mind. I said to someone a few days ago, and I say this again with no apology. You cannot be born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And you're having mood swings. Can you take my volume up so we can also disturb the atmosphere? Mood swings. How many of you have mood swings? See, a few Christians raised their hands. Those are the ones that are really born again. The rest of you just answered the altar call. How I many of you have mood swings? Why do you have mood swings? Because information blurs information in your mind part-time. Do you hear what I just said? Information, one minute you're happy and you're joyful and you're robust. And next minute, you remember something. And then it switches your mood. And most times, people that have mood swings do not realize that their moods have switched. Sometimes you hate yourself when you realize you will, when you come to yourself. That's because you haven't learned the art of arresting information. So, Second Corinthians ten five, very very powerful scripture, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is not just Christianese; it is the word, and it works. I said to someone a few days ago, the only way to shut the enemy up is to speak when he speaks. They came to him and said, it is written. He shall keep it. Do, you, do you know the devil tempted Jesus exclusively on the basis of the written word? In other words, the devil tempted Jesus righteously because he was on the basis of the word. Everything he told Jesus to do could be substantiated by the word. Do you understand? That's what I meant by he he tempted Jesus righteously. The only defense the word had was to respond with the word. Did you hear what I just said? The only response, the only defense the logos had was to respond with the graphe. You know English confines and restricts our understanding of these things or when the way you see the word word it's not just word in the Greek there are different variances the semantics are different the only difference the logos the word had the personified word was to respond with it is written so when the enemy comes when your mind begins to suggest things to you you open your mouth and you address it Because whatever you tolerate will amplify. Whatever you tolerate will amplify. And once it amplifies, it takes you over. No thought, no mood swing is formed in a day. It's pillar upon pillar upon pillar upon pillar of information that become a stronghold in your mind and form the emotions that begin to control us. That's why somebody gets angry and cannot be cooled down until he or she is ready. The, the anger has to run its full walk like patience. <laughs> Only Bible students understand <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> but that's the place of the mind. And such a person. Imagine God saying that you have not been given a spirit of fear. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1, I believe. 17, something like that. But, oh, sorry, one seven, right? Okay, one seven. But of power of love, so sound mind is even a gift. It's not something you necessarily have to work for. It's something you have to work out. That's the power of the mind. So we started last of oh few weeks ago, by saying, talking about how we could renew the mind. And the first thing I said, was let it go, right? And I put up, I I gave us Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4, 22-32, long scripture, but talks about putting up the new man, putting up the old man, and taking up the new mind. And that scripture blew my mind, where it says, be renewed by the spirit of your mind. Remember that? And I show you that immense, it suggests that your mind has a spirit. Your mind has a life of its own. That's why you can say, I do not know what came over me. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Sometimes people say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. It's actually true. Because you will not necessarily forget what you forgive. You will just change the information that that thing triggers in you. So where it triggers resentment and bitterness and hate and anger and strife, it doesn't trigger that anymore. So the only way to deal with stuff is to bleed it out of the potency that it has. Does that make sense? I shared here a few times, you need to do drastic. You need to call, you need to open your mouth and confess and call some people by name and release them. You know the way people go and make invocations and call your name and bind you. Do you know your mouth has the same power? Life and death. And the power of the tongue. And they that find it. Anything you see the witches and wizards doing. Can I help somebody here today? Anything you see occultic people doing. The powers by which they operate. are powers God gave you but you lost. <laughs> see where religion kicks in. So you see people are here and then they are somewhere. It happens. But they got it from you. One minute Philip is here. Blink your eye and Philip is with the Ethiopian you know. Finishes with the guy, explains the book of Isaiah to him, baptizes him and God. What do you think that is? Is that what you are calling witchcraft now. Talk to me now. It's the power that God created you and I to have. Because he created us to have dominion in the earth. He seats us with Christ far above. Principalities and powers. This is the assurance we have, the confidence we have. First John 5, I believe, 14. That if we ask whatever we ask in his name, he hears and he answers us. So life and death are in your mouth. You can alter your reality with your Confession people are looking at me now and, and you know you can alter your reality with, with your confession you can say while men say there's a casting down for me so let it go forgive, release, detox number two, deal with it Second Corinthians 10.5 I wrote something here don't suppress your emotions I found out that depression is as a result of suppressed emotions. Depression. Depressed. is a result of suppressed emotion. So it's important sometimes to allow your emotions to show up and show you what you look like. Sometimes you don't know what you look like until you confront what you feel like. Oh... I'm running out of time. Do you understand what I just said? The you that happens is not as real as the you that is an abstract. The matrix you is more real than the real you. Do you understand what I mean? And sometimes you must come out of you and look at you and inform you of who you ought to be. Do you understand what I said? And then go back into yourself and be you. That's what I by deal with it. So you must allow your emotions to come out. If you have anger issues, allow yourself to see you for the angry person you are. Until you can see your problem, you can't change it. I realize that there's people that no matter how much I preach to them, it can no preaching of the word can change them. Until their mind is changed. And their mind has to be changed by them confronting. I, how many of you are here when we spoke on crunch time? The word. When, I, when we asked about why is the truth hard? What part of you reacts to the truth? Why does it react that way? And so do you realize the truth. What triggers a particular raw emotion of you is the part of you that needs to be worked on. Talk to me now. What triggers that raw emotion in you is the part of you that needs to be worked on. So sometimes you need to allow your emotions to manifest so your emotion can show you what you really look like in that area of your life. And then you can subject that to the word of God and bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do you understand what I just said? Do you understand what I said? I, I hope you're getting it. But that's the only way to deal with it. You must take on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind which is in Christ Jesus be in you. I've got to wrap this up put on the new man, Colossians 3.10 Ephesians 4.24 I already spoke about this one, do not hold on to misfortune you know how we build ministries around misfortune you become a professional in certain things imagine if everybody who went through something was called to ministry on account of what he went through But a lot of times, a lot of ministries and movements and NGOs and all of that are based on things that we haven't really dealt with. So don't hold on to misfortune. Guard your heart. Out of it proceeds the issues of life. Proverbs 2, Proverbs four twenty three. Change your perception. I already talked about 2 Timothy 1, 7, right? God gave us the gift of sound mind. It's a gift, right? Change your perception. and That's what I'll end with. Um... Think and act like Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Put that on the screen. I need to see that. 1 Corinthians 2.16. And then I end with this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. Can we all read that last line starting from but. One to go. Please read it for yourself. One to go. Say it again. Say it again. Sister, does Christ have mood swings? No answer now. What is Christ's attitude to misfortune? Count it all joy. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross despite the shame. Three... For them that hurt you. Bless them that despitefully use you. There is no place in the New Testament. That you see where the church is told to pray for their enemy to die. My name is Pav. And I say so. Nowhere. Back in the day I loved the stickers I used to be on buses. There's one I loved. Let my enemies live long. I love that. That's God's will. Thou preparest a table for me. If all your enemies die, in whose presence will the table be prepared? Don't make the mockery of the word of God. Kill all the enemies. when the, when the table is prepared, who is going to? In whose presence of your friends? mean, robbers. So that scripture says 2 Corinthians 2 that we have the mind of Christ. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God or consider equality with God something not to be grasped but made himself of low reputation humbled himself unto the death on the cross. What mind does Christ have That Paul says, let this mind which was in Christ Jesus also be in you. What does Paul mean when he says we have the mind of Christ? So the question is when something pops up in your mind, Philippians 4, 8, that's why we're ending. When something happens or crops up in your mind, you run it through what you think Christ would feel. Am I making sense? I don't know about you, but there are many times I've been dealing with people and I have typed a response and have deleted it and retyped it. Or I, or I have deleted it and refrained from retyping at that point because I know if I respond at that point, it's my emotion, it's my mind. Is anybody like that? Because I realize that most times your first response is not always the correct response. It's not. So I've learned in my life to wait. And because I've learned in my life to wait, I try to make sure that there are less things I can be sorry for. Okay, I don't have a problem being sorry, but I can control the amount of times I have to be sorry. Do you understand what I just said? If I'm I'm in the wrong, I apologize. But I have control to determine how many times I can be in the wrong. You know, sometimes relationships are measured by how many times you said sorry. But if i don't give you reason to make me say sorry then you don't have it am i making sense so sometimes you hold yourself back because you know that this is you're running through the philippians for a test that's what i'm ending with finally brethren whatever things are come in with that scripture together one two go hold it everybody okay hold it hold it we're ending one two go everyone pause after finally add your name there and scream it as loud as you can one to go finally Alexander whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of sound report if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy If we're going to rephrase, whatever things are not true, whatever things are not noble, whatever things are unjust, whatever things are impure, whatever things are not lovely, whatever things are not of good report—if there is no virtue and if there is no praise—don't think, King James, don't think on this thing. So whatever emotion comes up in your heart, you're only past this test. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it, are you following me? Is it praiseworthy? Is there any virtue in how I'm feeling? Is there any justness in my desires? Does the word of God substantiate this? If it doesn't, then I have no business thinking on these things. Does that help anybody? I have no business. So you check your thoughts constantly, run your, your thoughts past that test. What am I thinking? Is, it, is what I'm thinking true? And what is the standard of truth? What is the standard of truth? What is the standard of truth? The word. Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is Something that you've heard. And you know God hears your thoughts? Because the word judges the thoughts and intents of the heart, the unspoken things. If God heard it, if, he was play, if my heart was played out on this matter, is it, is it is the report good? Is there virtue? And then you learn that hurts and misfortunes and heartbreaks and all the things we deal with and attitude issues and mind, mind swings and mood swings are all things that are of no virtue and have not got a good report so you let them go rise on your feet and I want you to just pray a simple prayer tonight just pray Father help me to renew my mind take my mind Keep praying, pray, pray. And mold it, take my will, my heart, transform it. mind. No longer will I give life, control and power over me. Our time is spent but I believe, I want to believe this has been worth it. Release that hurt. Release that shame. Release that reproach. God doesn't see you as they see you. You are not the abortion. You are not the abortion. You are not the miscarriage. You are not the divorce. You are not that failure. You are not the school dropout. You are not the black sheep of the family. You are not the ugliest in your family. You are not the failure. You are not the one who's trailing behind. You are not the dullest one in your family. You are not what they say you are. You are not what your ex-boyfriend says you are. not what your father said you are you are not what the man that abused you at seven years old says you are you're not what the person that abused you at twelve says you are you are not the rape you are not the sickness you are not the disability you are not how life sees you you are how God sees you let that inform your mind let that transform your mind let that alter your reality tonight are walking tall. Leave here walking strong. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The word shalom means peace. means nothing missing, nothing broken. God sees you as complete. Keep the music under me every time. You are not your misfortune. You are not your misfortune. Open your mouth and confess who you are. Confess that I am beautiful. Confess that I am a success. Confess that I am whole. Confess that I am complete. Confess that I am Above, and I'm not beneath. I'm whole, and I'm not sick. The devil has no hold over my mind. Man of God, Pastor Mark. I am not my past, I am not my weakness. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind.
1: Thank you, Lord. We exalt your name. What an honor it is to know what you have made us to be. The struggle we have is not the struggle of who we are, but the struggle of accepting who we are.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Help us, Lord. Help us. By this revelation, cause light to flood our hearts and mind. That as we walk out of this building today, that nobody will look back again on the fall. Yes. That we will look forward to the cross, yes, and the benefit that it brings to us. Yes. Thank you for counting us worthy to look upon us with mercy. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us into sonship. Yes, we are sons, not just sons of men, but sons of God. Yes, Lord. Not by the will of men, oh. Oh. but by your own desire, by your own will. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I come against every voice speaking in the dark. Yes, Lord. And with every tone of event. To try to make us consider ourselves less than what you have made us i silence every such voice in the name of jesus amen. and as we leave this place today we give you thanks we walk in the joy of this knowledge that we are even now sons of god yes thank you father
0: thank you lord for in
1: jesus mighty name we are prayed amen
0: amen, amen. can we celebrate that with a clap thank you of this concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us
1: an email to info at or visit our social media platforms.